0: Romans 13, there we are. Got it now. I knew I'd get it right. Had to be in there somewhere. Romans 13. I've just been thinking of 1 Corinthians 11:3. The man is the head of the woman and Christ is the head of the man. So we're going to get into that area today. So don't get all reactionary on me. I want you just to listen, open up your heart. It'll help you. It'll give you some understanding and insight of some dynamics and relationships. And uh, just uh, last over the last week we had tremendous input I encourage you to get the tapes and notes of that and just take it in and just go over it and let God talk to you and uh, we have to understand this that uh, when uh, Pastor John was talking uh, last week about uh, tithes and offerings that God's counsel encompasses more about finance than that that's one platform of many things that God has to say about it and uh, so God talks about other areas of handling and managing our money which we need to understand as well because uh, just paying tithes won't get out of a mess if you've got a lot of things that you've got out of order you've got to bring things into order and the Word of God has got a lot of things to say apart from just tithes and offerings sometimes it just gets emphasized and we think that's the only part of God's counsel whereas it's an important platform but there are other aspects to the counsel of God and uh, one of the things we need to understand is that God calls us to bless and to give to one another and to help one another and sometimes people can feel a tremendous burden inside you know I know single parents that are living on about $40 a week and they feel a tremendous burden with these things and so I encourage you though to, have, to let your faith be in God. I've discovered it didn't matter really how much I had it was never enough but when I just honoured God it was amazing how he made what I had increase. But in a, a vital part of that happening is this and that is that the body of Christ see we give to the Lord, the Bible says as you give then it's given back to you shaken up shall men give unto you So basically when things come back to you they come through people But if the people who God has called to be responsible for helping you won't do it then there is a lack Do we understand that? In other words in the body of Christ in this local church God calls us to be responsible to help one another that's why we put you in cell groups and encourage you to connect together so that where they're in need, you become aware of them and you can bless and minister to that person. So an important part of God's provision for us is our giving and supporting and helping one another. So I encourage you in thinking, if you have, then learn to look out for those who have not and bless them. And what it does is it produces a tremendous reassurance that God has heard their prayers. They begin to thank God and they begin to open their hearts to God in a new and a fresh way. So we've made it a practice wherever we can whenever we can to just bless and give to people that we encounter that are less positioned than we are now if you have a look at yourself if we draw a line and over there is the person who has the least resources over there is the person who has the most resources then you are somewhere in that line is <laughs> that would that be true okay now here's where the difficulty is most of the time we look up the line at everyone who has more than us and envy them quiet grief and reluctant acknowledgement, they have more than us. What God wants you to learn to do is this: to thank God for where your position, and look down the line and say, "I could really bless someone." Isn't that good? That's how. Now I've learned to do that. So what it does it stops you being full of envy. It got, and, and you begin to, because you're in this position, you begin to bless all of those who are less than you. And what you do, you actually come into a place where God can expand you. And before you know it, hey. My position in the line is altered. (laughs) It's true. See, most people focus on altering their position in the line. God says, fill the position you've got. And he'll alter your position in the line. That's not hard, is it? So there were times when we lived on very little, had six kids, had $120 a week to pay everything, including school fees and every other kind of thing. And so we had to learn just how to take what we had, which was very little, so we learned all about, you know, cooking our own fish and chips because we couldn't afford to buy any. But you know what? I just got, I got the newspaper and wrapped it all up and it was just like we bought it.
1: <laughs>
0: and we got others to come around to our homemade chips and our homemade fish and chips. <laughs> you see, you just, it's not how much you've got. It's what you do with what you've got. And you could be up here in the line and be a miserable, poor person. You can be down here, have very little, be very rich. Not anything to do with how much you've got. It's got to do with what's in you. Attitudes. It's a great thing to be set free of having to have lots of things. One of the things the Bible says, as goods increase, they increase that consume them. (laughs) So if you've got lots of things, there's a lot of problems come with it. So one of the things we need to understand in this area of giving, wherever you stand in the prosperity line, thank God for what you have and use it to bless someone who has less. Isn't that a good principle? And the Bible says no one will be in lack if we all do that. There will be not a single person here in need if we all purposed we would do that. And the Bible tells us we need to do more than just love God who we can't see. We need to love the person who is a member of the body of Christ His representative on the earth who we can see. And that brings a lot of releases of things to us. Amen? Well that's not the message today but it we'll was a good one anyway. So <laughs> I had it on my heart I've got to say that. but. Uh, I want you to have a look with me in Romans chapter 13 and we'll be looking uh, at uh, God's order and how God wants to order the home and order the family. Now I know there are single parents here and uh, you'll be bucking and whatever over some of the things I'm saying and, and uh, there'll be women whose husbands are not uh, saved and they'll be... Mm, 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 and, uh, but let me just say this. Most situations that are out of order are out of order because men failed somewhere. If you're a single parent here, let me tell you this. I know there's a man who failed. He failed to be a man. He failed to protect you. He failed to honor you. He failed to make commitment to you. And part of the reason you're in the place you're in is because a man failed seriously. It doesn't mean you're not responsible for your situation, but it does mean a man failed. When marriages break up, guess who God holds responsible? The man. And, we want to, and this is where I'm aiming for I want you to understand if we want things to work right we've got to discover God's order and find our way into God's order because it works The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 8 4 Where the word of a king is there is power and who can tell him why you're doing it this way? Where the word of a king is there is power and who can say to him how come you're doing it that way? So Jesus is the king that we serve we come to know Him through a personal relationship, we receive Him as our Savior, and now we have access to a whole new realm of living. We don't live our life according to the way we were raised, according to our culture, according to the society around us. We have a whole new realm to learn how to live. It's called the kingdom of God. It's got its own value system. It's got its way of working. And God has set in place laws in the spirit world as well as laws in the natural world. And the Bible says He upholds them or sustains them and makes them work so there are principles he set in place I can't change the principles I can't say well how come you set it up like that I can't just say well God I disagree with the man being the head of the woman I don't like that doctrine I don't like that teaching at all Friend, it won't make any difference where the word of a king is there is power he doesn't say he's going to make it that way he just says this is how it is he says the man is the head it's a position God has given to him which he is required to be responsible and fulfilling now want you have a look in Romans 13 And I want you to see, again, we just recover a couple of points so we pick people up who weren't here. In Romans 13, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. It's talking here about an attitude to people who occupy roles of authority or delegated influence somewhere. For there is no power or authority but of God, and the powers that be are ordered or set in place by God himself. That means he arranged it and set it up doesn't mean they're doing a good job at it this means that God arranged it so it says whoever therefore resists the power resists the ordinance or what God has set in place and brings uh, those that resist shall receive to themselves judgment let me just read that part again let every soul be subject verse 2 whoever resists resists what God has ordered and those that resist receive to themselves judgment a judgment or sentence passed on them because they failed to respond right. So let me just get it in really simple language now. God has created order in the natural universe and the spiritual universe. He just set certain things in order. Now, the devil has got very limited realm to move. People have a big devil and a very little God, but you don't understand that the devil can only work in the area God has let him work in. And the area God has let him work in is the area outside the law of God. So when a person responds to the law of God, they automatically remain in the place of light and the blessing of God. When a person uh, violates the laws of God, they automatically are in darkness, where the devil then is allowed to operate. And the Bible says to you and I, it says, do not give the, the devil that kind of opportunity in your life. In other words, let your life be in order as God wants it to be, and you'll walk in a river of blessing and of life, and the devil can't touch you. That's why it says those that overcome the devil they are strong because of exercise and because they are practiced in this area and the word of God is in them They know what God wants and expects of them Now in this era- verses that we have been looking at the Bible says God has set certain things in order or set them up in a way He's arranged it Now no one can tell them why did you do it that way No one can say I don't like it that way and change it You can't do that if you do that there's only two ways you can handle the Word of God or the order God has set up the first one is to be subject to it to be subject to it means literally it's the word hupotasso to position myself underneath or in the place God has appointed for me in the scheme of things assuming all the responsibility of that role and if I do that the blessing of God flows so to be subject to authority means I'll put it in other words position yourself in right relationship so God can bless you because they're not for evil they're for good to bless you so my responsibility is wherever I go find out what God has set in place and position myself so I can receive by having a right relationship and attitude it's not a hard deal now the only other position you can take is this one uh, he that resists the power that is the word antitasimi meaning literally to stand against what God has ordered in other words to position my life my attitudes, my thinking, my actions so that instead of being in harmony with what God has planned I am now ordered myself against what God has planned you you can only be in one place or the other you can't be in both at the same time you are either positioning yourself so that God can bless you because you've come into his order or you position yourself against it now you may do it ignorantly but ignorance doesn't make any difference If you position yourself against it God can't bless you Now God's concern is this He wants to bless you He wants you to be positioned so the maximum good and blessing can come on your life Most people when they think of these things get think oh God's going to restrict me God's going to limit me God wants to bless us Every good gift comes from Him So when God says the man, Christ is the head of the man, the man is the head of the woman, he's describing an order which if I position myself in that place of order, God's blessing starts to flow unhindered around my life and around those under me. So when God says the man is the head, that means God has ordained or ordered or positioned that a man must stand in acceptable responsibility for leadership of his wife and family And if he doesn't do it, he's positioning himself against what God has ordered and many problems come as a result of that. You can't be in two places. You can only be in the one place. You've either positioned yourself in harmony with it or positioned yourself against it. And we want to talk about that. So headship in the home literally is the man accepting the responsibility God has given to him and all that goes with it. Now, Jesus is the classic example of it Jesus gave up all the authority and goodness and glory that he had in heaven came to earth and he was the model example of a servant leader he loved the church he gave his life for the church he gave direction, he led, he released the power of God how did he do it? because all the time he fulfilled Romans 13 1 he was subject or positioned himself in harmony with the positioning God had for him now to position yourself in harmony means this you learn or understand or get to know and I, ask this question What has God made me responsible for? If you can't answer that it's almost certain that at least to some degree you'll be positioned against what God has planned and be out of the blessing God Now you can pray, or pray all you like it won't change anything until you change you must position yourself in harmony with what God's plan, planned then you can receive Now let's just pick it up and go a little further I want you to look with me now in uh, where we go, we will go over into 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10 Now <coughs> I am just going to keep talking just about the area of responsibility. Headship is a role or a function that God has set in place so you can get a job done. Wherever you have a group of people someone must carry the weight of it seeing the job get done. So God says to the man, you are the man. You're a man here. God says, you're the man. And you know what? You are wired to carry responsibility. God has made you so something in you thrives and grows and comes alive when you carry responsibility and something inside you dies when you don't. Sin will cause you to do one of two things. Either be passive and refuse to take responsibility or to misuse your responsibility and authority and, and damage and hurt others around you God wants us to learn how to handle it right Whoa! <laughs> They're all excited So to do that I've got to know what it is My biggest problem was I just didn't know and I had role models that didn't help me either I want you to just talk to you now about understanding your responsibility or your metron I'm going use a Bible word called metron Headship means you just assume the responsibility God has given you and you start to fulfill it. Here it is. verse uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And Paul is writing and he says, verse 12. Now we dare not make ourselves of uh, this number or group of people nor compare ourselves with some that are commending themselves. They're saying, look how good we're doing. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. That means they're foolish. So what he's saying is, he's talking about his ministry and he's just saying I never look what anyone else is doing to worry about that and I never compare myself with what others are doing and say well I'm doing real well he said I don't even look at anyone else I just look at what God has entrusted me comparing with others makes you stupid because you're different and at the end of the day you'll only ever be successful if you do what God gave you to do. To do that you've got to discover it, you've got to get connected to him and find what he gave you to do, read and study the Bible, learn and listen say what does God want me to do? Why am I here? Where am I going? What have I got to do? That's all the questions we ask. Now uh, let me just read here the next thing, this is the bit I want to pick up. He, said, he says this, because God we won't boast things outside our measure. But according to the measure of rule or influence God has distributed to us, a measure that reaches even to you, we do not stretch ourselves beyond our measure. Now the word measure there is literally like that. It's a measure. uh, The the Bible uses the word metron, which we get the word meter, a meter. We used to have a stick called a meter stick. Now if you want to know how something is, how long something is, you actually take out a measuring stick. If If I wanted to find out how high I am, The best way to do it is to get a measuring stick. Not look and say, Well, I'm really good. I'm higher than him. I stand next to my daughter on flat platforms and I'm shorter (laughs) than her. So, so what the Bible is saying, if if I look at him and compare myself, I'll feel, oh, I'm doing well. I look at this one and compare myself, I'm not doing so good. In other words, you can't use people as you measure. God says you've got to use a measuring stick. For example, if you want to make a cake. You don't just put any ingredients in in any quantities. You measure the quantity. This measure of flour is what's going to make it go. But if you put too much or too little, it doesn't work. You put too much of some ingredients in, it doesn't work. It just doesn't go properly. So you measure it. Now that's what the Bible says, measure. Now when the Bible using the word measure, a measure refers to the responsibility God has distributed to you. What has God measured to you? You've got to ask that question. Let me give you some principles related to that I'm just going to go through them because we've got, And then we'll apply it to a man And to the dynamic in a marriage When you don't understand what you're responsible for And pass the buck There's some big problems happen. <laughs> so this is what God says it, 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 The Word of God says We don't boast things that are not ours But according to the measure of influence That God has given to us And it, he says it actually involves uh, you as well here it is. First thing is, every human being has their own measure of responsibility or metron. God has given you something you're responsible for. For example, I'm responsible for my life, for my money, for cars, two of them now. One was bad enough. Two is more responsibility for a house, for a wife, or children, for ministry responsibilities here, for responsibilities to other churches. I could actually list them all down. And these are the things God has entrusted for me. And for you, you don't compare yourself because God's going to only ask you He's going to hold you to account only on what He gave you to do and you with, you, might have just a little bit but you were just so dynamic and great and filled it so good that when you get to heaven God says Wow, well, well done. So I get there, I've got all this stuff He says, well you didn't do so well. I gave you more, I entrusted more You didn't do good enough. I'm not compared to that one over there he understands nothing to do with how much I'm responsible for got everything to do with owning the responsibility and doing what God wants me to do with it so if God's called you to do one thing and you're doing something else no not matter how good you're doing at it it doesn't cut it with God we're going to be responsible to him for our life okay now here's the second thing is your say for example a, 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 a different thing a businessman he, his metron includes not only his own life and marriage and family and whatever it's also his business When I was teaching, my Metron included a a, a classroom. So a a policeman, they have a measured area of influence. So policemen can only operate in a certain area. Everyone, God's measured something to you. You need to ask yourself, what am I responsible for? Today the cry is, give me my rights. Give me my privilege. The rights of this and rights of that and all kinds of rights. But God says, no, find out and require what your responsibilities are because with that becomes privileges and authority. Now let me t- share a couple more things about your, uh, your metron or your responsibilities. Your metron ends exactly where someone else begins. So, I'm responsible for my stuff, but if that's their stuff, they're responsible for it, it's none of my business. I've got to be responsible for my bit, not for someone else's bit. So in a marriage... A husband is required to be responsible for certain things, but not everything. He's not responsible for his wife's feelings. They're her feelings. She's got to own them, do something about them. Otherwise you'll always feel, what have I done up sitting there? Why is she never happy? <laughs> you understand, yet there's some things you're responsible for, some things I'm responsible As a pastor, I'm responsible for certain things in relationship to members of the church, but then there's an area where it stops and your bit begins and I can't come in there and tell you what to do in that that's your thing, I can offer counsel advice but you are responsible and the problem comes if I invade your areas of responsibility I become dominating overbearing and all kinds of problems happen or if I don't actually fulfill my responsibilities another problem happens now in New Zealand our difficulties with men are either they control and dominate and the women are left very weakened and never come forth or they're very irresponsible and passive and the women are forced to carry things God never intended them to carry and it affects them negatively and that is a major problem in New Zealand passive men partly because of the spirit dynamic of the nation partly because of breakdowns in family roles and whatever but at the end of the day none of those things cut it if you're irresponsible you're irresponsible full stop there are consequences for it so as a Christian we're called not to just drift along in the way we were and the way we were raised and carry on the sins of the fathers. We're called to discover what God called me to do and then do my best to do it, to fill it. Does that make sense to you? Turn to someone next to you, so I think he's talking to you. Can't be me. I know I'm doing okay. <laughs> usually with these kind of areas everyone thinks well i'm doing okay it must be someone else i wish so-and-so was here to hear this message we just i know i know someone who really needs to hear
1: this
0: (laughs) but it's for you see how i wouldn't be bringing it's for me too It's for all of us It's what god's trying to talk to us about okay then so uh whenever whatever is your metron here's another thing you need to understand about your responsibilities is whatever god has given you responsibility for He permits you to take initiative, He expects you to take initiative and be creative in what you do with it. I better say that again. Whatever God has entrusted you to do, you don't have to pray about it all. He expects you to be creative and take the initiative. You don't have to talk to Him about it all the time because you're in charge. If you're in charge, you do it, He lets you do it. You got a house? You can paint it whatever colour you like as long as you're happy to live in there. And you can do it when you like. You don't have to pray. Now, God, I wonder, if you lead me and guide me, when does paint my house? If the paint's peeling, paint it. I mean, some people are just so impractical in this area. Your car's dirty, clean it. If the lawns are overgrown, cut them. Look after what God gave you. Treat it like it belongs to God. You've got a lot of ways of doing it. For example, I could go out with hand clippers and cut my lawns, but it'd be a very long, slow job. I could get a motor mower and do it. I could buy one of those sit on mowers and do it. Be a bit of an overkill. I could ask one of my sons to do it. Or I could pay someone else to do it. But there's a lot of ways you can get the job done. My deal is, God didn't say you've got to cut the lawns, He says you're responsible for them find a way get it done be creative take initiative make it happen do you understand that so every area you find God will give you the principles but you figure out you got to be creative how you make it out work that's why we can't tell one another what you ought to be doing in your marriage what you ought to be doing in your family or you ought to do it this way or that way you can't go doing it because God's knitted couples together differently so there are a lot of ways of handling things there's a lot of ways so God gives the principles you got to figure out how to put this thing into practice and be creative and take the initiative you ask God to give you wisdom then he expects you to think about it and to talk it over and ask ideas from this one that one then to do something just do something the passive man oh my goodness me hey I feel tired just even talking about it <laughs> now you notice here he says we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure this is what now this is the apostle Paul talking And you think, here's someone, i got the mighty power of God, there's all these miracles. But you notice this inside him, he says, I will not go out beyond what God has entrusted to me. I will stay within the boundaries God has given to me. He said, that someone else is responsible for, this is my bit. And you notice the bits that he's responsible for are the ones he has relationship with. And so one of the problems that comes is where we try to take on things God has not given us responsibility for. You'll be burdened, there'll be no grace to do it. You'll be meddling and you'll create many problems when you do that. What I need to do is to know what's my business and do my business. The Bible says in 1 Timothy, I think, study to be quiet and mind and do your own business. And if we had people minding their business, it would be a lot happier world to live in. We wouldn't have so many people (coughs) who have made it their business to be in everyone else's business. The Bible calls them busybodies. It says about busybodies, it says stopping a busybody and wandering around talking about everyone else's business. Mind your own. Get busy working on what God gave you to do let others do what they're going to do but don't meddle and busybody you create a lot of problems that way 1 Thessalonians talks about that 2 Thessalonians talks about very clear actually it's very clear about men being responsible this is how clear it is this is how clear it is if a man doesn't work let him starve to death that's how serious about us if he shouldn't work let him not eat well you can't go on very long not eating before you want to work if you connect Eat, work together. Work, eat together. Then you actually get your thinking right. See? Today we want to have eat, 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 and work.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you notice that God gave man a work to do. then He said you could eat every tree of the fruit of the garden. You can eat except that one. But He got him to the garden, gave him the work first. And after giving them the work, then He says do the eating. You see, they got it all the other way, way around. Now, you see the problem is our society has actually stripped away responsibility and when there is stripping of responsibility you become disempowered Friend every time you assume responsibility there is an empowering takes place in your life provided it is what God gave to you and not what belongs to someone else If it belongs to someone else then unfortunately you will empower demons to operate because they operate outside the law of God So for example if I assume the responsibility God has given me I not only rise up on the inside I have authority over that area I can protect that area I can do all kinds of things in that area but demons can't get in there because I'm in there but if I let go that responsibility then they can get in and if I go somewhere where God didn't authorize me I'm standing against what God put in place they can get in there too Witchcraft is connected to rebellion resisting what God has ordered that's all. Whenever you resist what God has ordered you open up the way for demons they are authorized to act. It's like the law of gravity it's just there pulls everything down it's got some good in it where's the good? it holds you on the earth so you don't fly off out in space it's a wonderful thing gravity but not so if you fall off a building or off a bank like I did one time <laughs> horrible feeling to be looking straight up in the sky as you fall this is this very long long half second (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like gravity that day that didn't change it whether you like it or don't like it it's still there and it has its place you know what its place is? to hold me on the earth see and so when God sets laws in place they're to bless us and if you violate them you have all kinds of consequences so don't go outside watch your business so if it's your bu- you 've got to discover what your business is and mind your own. Turn to someone next to you, so I think I know he's talking about you now.
1: <laughs>
0: so once you know your business, once you know your responsibility, stops you manipulating, controlling someone else. that's their job. Let them do it. You pick it up, it'll burden you and you'll have all kinds of problems so. This is what God calls you to do. First of all, you position yourself. How do you position yourself? See, remember what we said: you submit to what God has ordered. So this is what you do. You find, where, where's God positioning me? Well, if I'm if I'm the wife, I'm here. If I'm the husband, I'm over here. Well, it's good. Oh, I'm higher. I'm higher than you. No doubt, I'm better than you. You'll do what I tell you. That's not positioning yourself. That's arrogance and pride and all kinds of horrible attitudes. You know what'll happen? she will just rise up against you, and rightly so. Because when a man shows pride, a woman will counterbalance it. She'll expose it. If you look an idiot, just in a moment. Grandstanding, and then his wife gives him the look. He's gone. Just in a moment. Like popping a balloon. Gone like that.
1: It's
0: all over for him. So if I'm up here in the scheme of things, that means... All that's down there I'm responsible for. Now you understand this, that if a woman, if a man fails to take responsibility, he goes down the end of the line. It comes an overgrown, flippin' kid. Has to be fed, looked after. But where does that leave his wife? She's carrying the responsibility. She's in a position God never intended her to be in. She's exposed, carries pressure, has assaults on her. And all because of that man.
1: <laughs>
0: you think about this? The Bible says this. By one woman, sin entered the world and death through sin. Does it say that? What does it say? But who, got the, who got to listen to the devil first? The woman? Who ate the, the fruit first? So Who did God hold accountable for this whole deal? Why? It's not fair. She did it. In case you got it real clear, the Bible says, by one man sinning into the world. God would not let him off the hook. I put you in charge. This is where you're supposed to be, up here. So what's he got to do? He's got to position himself. How do you position yourself? You understand where God has placed you and you accept and embrace God. For responsibility. This is my job, my business. Now I've got to mind my business. The second thing you do is you fill up the area of responsibility. It, this is how God said it to Adam in Genesis three fifteen. He said to the, he gave, he brought Adam out. Now there was no Eve around. There's no woman around. He brought him out. And he showed him a big garden, representative of the possibility of inheriting the whole world if he handled it right. In other words. Adam didn't start out in charge of everything. Adam started out with a piece of the pie, and if he could handle that well, God had a mind to give him a heap more. Like he always does. If you can handle your bit well, God's going to give you a lot more. Now, so here he says, there it is. And he says, Adam, this is what you do. I want you to dress it and keep it. Dress it means I want you to cultivate it so it becomes incredibly productive, and I look at it and say, wow. Second thing he says, I want you to keep it. I want you to be a watchman over it, to guard that garden. Don't let any enemies get in. Don't let anything get in. It'll mess it up. And Adam was busy doing that before he even arrived. That's why Adam's ahead. Because God set it up that way. He's at the beginning. He started it. So Adam's a bit lonely. Tired of doing all this work. So God said, I'll bring someone to him. Brings Eve out. Ooh. Eve. So Adam even named her. I'll call her Woman there's a little bit of ego in there already I think <laughs> because she came out of man you know
1: <laughs>
0: God said I brought her here to be a helper for you so you're still in charge you've still got responsibility you've got to make this thing work you've got to dress the garden and keep it and now the garden, no, not the garden. you've got to look after your wife as well so you've got to cultivate her and you have to protect her so, so that means when I come back and I have a look oh wow what have you done with Eve she's looking beautiful So that's the role God's given to man. You have to cultivate your wife so she becomes a beautiful woman. And if she's looking an old hag, (laughs) I've got to really ask, it's your fault! Take her out and buy her something nice and look after her and speak words to her and and get some makeup and take her down and get her hair all done nice and take her away special and look after her. You've, You've let the garden go, mate. Come on now, who was responsible? So she's responsible for her own life. But you've got to understand that cultivating means to invest into it and become a husband until it, it becomes a beautiful productive thing. So God has in mind not that the woman be inferior anyway, but she'd be a partner for him in life. And that through his ministry to her, she would become beautiful. Troubles, many have been abandoned by men who fail to fulfill their responsibility for some reason. Come on, you've got to get a hold of this thing. So, and God called him to protect us. So now, so this is what he's got to do. First of all, he's got to embrace the responsibility. Two, he's got to fill it and uh, cultivate and protect whatever. Then he has to trust God to help him do the job he's called to do because it needs God's ideas. And if he embraces it and sets his mind to actually do those things, then he can expect that God will give him lots of ideas on how to do it. If you just set it in your mind, you're going to work at making your wife a beautiful woman. I know you'd find a lot of ways to do that. And I wouldn't be nagging her either. Usually it involves sacrifice. That's how Jesus did it. He sacrificed himself. He gave himself. He loved the church and laid down his life for it. And then he says, in case you think that uh, being uh, a leader or being the head of the home is a big deal, he, he took off his garments in John 13, he became a servant and he washed the disciples' feet. He said... That wouldn't it be wonderful, some of the men who's got their wife and just just honey, sit down there. Now, just a little basin now. Just kind of wash your feet and I've got the meal all cooked already ready for you. Now, see, I can feel the manifesting all right away. Straight <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> but Jesus did it. Why couldn't you? He says, if I'm your Lord and Master and I did this, why couldn't you do something like that? I can see this is shocking. A serious Kiwi male. But a woman is wired to respond to that kind of loving. And you'll feel good when you do it. That's right. Instead of exploiting her, or allowing her to carry the weight of being an overgrown kid with mummy. Come on, it's what's like in New Zealand, not in every home, but in many homes we've got some overgrown kids that want their wife to be mummy a lot of the time, and the rest of the time their wife, usually at night time in bed. That's true. There are other times it's mummy. Shocking. Mummy's boy. Isn't that dreadful? Does it command respect? It doesn't, does it? Why? I'll tell you why it doesn't get, uh, You know why everyone gets revolted by that thought? Because it's out of God's order. God's order is extremely attractive. It is extremely beautiful when it operates right. And it produces the goods because God upholds it. As soon as we resist what God ordered, it, there's just no end of problems. They just never stop ending. So that's why you've got to actually address things at the root. That's why we're focusing on the men for a little while, uh, because that's where the source of much of the difficulties lies. Is that true? Ooh. How are you going to distribute the responsibilities in the home, who will do what? Now the Bible doesn't tell you who does what, it just says the man is responsible to make sure it all happens So how are we going to see it? Well you see what usually happens is we put things together based on well uh, my family we did it this way and, then, and she says well my family we did it this way well I from another culture we did it this way but once you're born into the kingdom of God and you become married you actually have a new culture, a new kingdom, a new way of doing things, you go work it out got to make some adjustments around here So my wife, she came from a family where her father was a great gardener She automatically assumed I'd be a great gardener too
1: <laughs>
0: I had an aversion to gardening I tried one attempt at it I, I was very good at doing the oxalis Oxalis just multiplied and increased and filled my garden The tomatoes, I just didn't know whether I wanted to eat them or not Black spots and small and green and had things that sort of got around I just thought this is hopeless. Then inspiration came. I got my mower out, mowed the garden, turned it into lawn, and I bought vegetables ever since. <laughs> she couldn't understand that. She said we had chooks at So we had chooks for a while too. We've done all kinds of things. Trying to figure out how this thing goes. And then you know I said, Listen, honey, I'm too busy for all of that kind of stuff. God's gonna find another way of getting it. I'm gonna focus my energy over here. And we have to adjust. You understand that? You've got to adjust the way to so the Bible doesn't actually tell you how to do it, he just gives you some principles. I'll give you the principles. Here's some of them. Very simple thing. Number one, the man carries the final responsibility. He's got to just actually be in charge. Someone's got to do it, someone's got to carry the can, carry the buck, and just make sure it gets done and then be responsible. There's a difference between delegating where you stay in charge and responsible, and abdicating where you say, ooh. Now this happens with money. Ooh. We'll get into that in a moment, let me just give you this in case i just forget and get off track uh, <clears throat> The one who's most gifted is the logical one to do the job A man's got big muscles, why shouldn't he chop the firewood?
1: <laughs>
0: why? Well, right, why not? Wife out there, <laughs> dig in the garden So you've got to work out where it is and We've got to break through traditions and just find whatever, whoever's most gifted. Now some women are wonderful with resources and finances. Bible says that in Proverbs 31, a godly woman. She's very skillful in business, all kinds of things. And some men are not so skillful in that area. But you can't just hand it all over. There are some situations you get where the man actually doesn't run the finances or doesn't even know what's going on. Doesn't know what's going on. His wife runs it. She's got the purse. No, you can't have that here's your allowance for this week (laughs) believe me there are some here who know what I'm talking about I'm not looking at anyone right now (laughs) I dare not you'll say "Oh!" (laughs) usually you know after a little while it manifests Now, now this is not right he is responsible if she administers it and facilitates it that's one thing but being in control of it is another she's actually usurped his role or he's absconded from his role either way it's out of order He must stay in charge He must know what's going And you get good reports on how it's going You pray together You hold the responsibility in your heart You pray God's wisdom And you seek counsel and you work it out This area is a big deal it's a big, So you get two extremes One is where the man won't give anything to his wife It's appalling how some men treat their wives You have to give account to everything treating them like a little kid What's wrong with you? give her something to spend, don't ask where it went Let she'll figure out what to do with it
1: you don't have to ask
0: oh, yeah. oh, I'd have to ask to buy every kind of item of cosmetics and things like that just give her some, so this is for you don't be mean
1: something...
0: don't be mean even if you haven't got a lot, just give something that's hers you won't believe what it'll do, just have something that she's got to look after the other extreme is where the man just gives up, doesn't know what's going on I was like that for a long time and one day, it's quite interesting how responsibilities can change my wife came and handed me the checkbook and said it's all yours now So oh, okay, and I did it now it'll lead to another thing in a moment too how if one person picks up responsibility it'll create a loss of responsibility, and a sense of responsibility in the other and here's the danger See, women will mean well and they'll pick up that, because they feel a sense of responsibility, they'll pick up and pick up and pick up and pick up and the man becomes more and more and more irresponsible because there's a dynamic inside the marriage. God's brought you together and he will do everything. His power sustains the thing. So if one person picks up something beyond what the other has, it causes it to go out of balance. So you find that where a woman starts to pick up responsibility, the man loses his sense of responsibility more and more and more and ends up very childish. Or if the man picks it all up, it leaves the woman feeling very demeaned as though she has no value in the home. So you've got to work the thing out. It's quite, a, quite an area to talk out and to work through. So God doesn't tell us how we're going to do it. He just, these are the principles. One, the man's responsible. Two, use the best gifted person. Three, teamwork. Just work to get the job done the best way you can. And that may mean you just alter the roles and things around. We had strict things. The men's work was outside. woman's work's in the home i was raised up and it didn't work (laughs) i don't know where it came from but there's no example of it in the bible just like it it's a very cultural kind of thinking that and so what you need to do is work out something that works so sometimes i would do meals and i would work things and do cleaning and do this and do that in fact one time i said to joe why don't you go away for the weekend leave me with it so i find out what it's like to be in your shoes so she went away for four days (laughs) (laughs) Guess who was waiting to see him back (laughs) A whole new appreciation. <laughs> the great way to get an appreciation is when you've got to do it all. Now, whoever feels the sense of responsibility usually is the one that picks it up. The final key is servant leadership. There needs to be a heart of a servant just to be willing to fit in whatever's needed. Now, what happens is if a man doesn't take up his responsibilities, as a terrible thing happens. There's an imbalance starts to take place. Someone will fill it. So let me just show, and I'll just finish it. Give me five minutes. We'll just see if we can just finish this firstly if a man won't pick up his responsibilities as the head of the home usually that often takes place in finances or in spiritual matters oh well the wife's a good prayer let her do the praying yeah let her fight off all the demons you rotten miserable person oh well the wife's a good prayer let her do the praying yeah let her fight off all the demons you rotten, miserable person. <laughs> God wired you and equipped you to be a warrior, to be a fighter, and now you're a couch potato leaving her to fight the demons. Yeah. I think it's, a, it's terrible. Shocking. So I don't know that. She's a spiritual one around here. No, you're the lazy one. You need to stand up, assume God's. Protect the goat. You know what happened? To, you know why Eve got into the mess. If you read in Genesis 3.6 it says the devil gave the fruit to Eve, her husband, with her. What's he doing with her letting all this happen? <laughs> so she's contending with the devil. He's leading her off track and Adam says nothing. Nothing to say. Silent. Because he was silent, this problem emerged. That's why a lot of problems emerge in families. Silent men. What do you think, dear? <laughs> it's up to you. You work it out. Sort it all out. And Brent, we've got to realize God has empowered, God has designed men to carry this weight. And when they do it, there's some things happen. Now, if they don't do it, this is what happens. I, I won't develop this. I'll just list it for you. Number one, God's order is violated. The man won't carry his responsibility. God's order is violated. Therefore, he's not positioning himself to be blessed. And his family is robbed of what God's best is for them. Here's the second thing is, he loses his authority and ability to protect his family in that area. Often men don't give it up in every area. They just give it up one or two. The third thing is, someone else feels that sense of responsibility, picks it up, and it's usually his wife, and she feels burdened by it. Sometimes in some families, both parents abscond, and one of the eldest kids is picking it up. And I pray for many kids. And you know what? I tell you, I'm going to just talk into this. I prayed for a lot of kids out of families where both parents are out down drinking down the pub and they've left one of the kids to look after all the other kids and they've done it regularly. And you know what happens? I'm not going to identify what sector it comes out of. It's quite a common problem. And what I found is this: the kids grow up and their childhood is robbed. They become angry, resentful, and dysfunctional in handling their family responsibilities. They have many marriage problems and relational problems. I have prayed and seen women just weep and weep and weep because their childhood years were stolen being a parent instead of being a child. They were forced to grow up and carry a weight way beyond. A reasonable amount of responsibility is okay, but when the parents have gone, demons come in and torment the whole family. It's as simple as that. here's Here's another thing. The man feels a deep sense of guilt. He actually knows in his heart he's not doing right, His pride won't let him admit it, but he actually knows in his heart, he's not. his esteem goes down. His wife becomes burdened, and because she becomes burdened, she usually feels resentful. And that resentful, if it isn't dealt with, what happens is it overflows and she begins... Now what happens is this, she's really supposed to be standing here, he's supposed to be standing here, watching over, protecting, cultivating it, sharing out responsibility, they work in a partnership. If he just lets go, he positions down here, and now she's up carrying the weight now she begins to feel resentful of him she's positioned where she shouldn't be by default and she carries a huge weight you know what happens then she begins to question the man in other areas she begins to feel insecure and doubt his competence in dealing with other areas she begins to be negative and starts to nag on him you know, and, and this creates many many problems in the marriage because she's feeling insecure and burdened she doesn't like it being like that but she didn't feel safe to let it go now Many times what you find a, a, a person, <coughs> for example, is a widow and they remarry. The hardest thing for them to do is let go of that sense of responsibility and let the man pick it up. A woman's been a solo parent, very hard for her when, when she marries to actually let go of that sense of responsibility. But this is what needs to happen. There's almost like a dynamic of a seesaw takes place. If one carries extra responsibility, the other feels less responsible. So suppose it's the man. And here's the man. And he's away. Way out there. Well, you don't have to worry about all the finance, I got it all under control and she's seen a few of those bills unpaid there and she's feeling a sense of responsibility and he just makes all these statements, okay don't worry about that worry. what's happening is she's getting more and more nervous because she knows he isn't hearing and so she feels more responsible, the responsibility goes on the side she feels even more responsible now so she begins to talk and so the more she talks she said, says what, what are you worrying about a God will provide everything will work out she gets more burdened <laughs> brought religion into it more burdened now now what he needs to do what do you realise understand this is the more she, he moves this way and becoming irresponsible the more she'll move the other way to become responsible it's like a seesaw thing for example if a man becomes very passive his wife will become very active to compensate if a man is introverted and sits alone she'll become quite a spark, a live spark and really become extrovert. If the man is a very tight wad, she'll become very generous to compensate. <laughs> if, if the man uh, uh, doesn't discipline the kids, she'll feel the need to and actually get involved in it. You understand? It's like a dynamic. Now the only way, And of course, so she feels resentful at the burden and goes, why don't you? You never do this. Right. <laughs> well now you can see it's getting bad. And he says, "Who?" <laughs> Who oh, on the case? But the problem is he's being irresponsible. Now here's what he needs to do: He's an, if it's bad, he's got to do something. This is what he needs to do: He needs to first of all listen to his wife's concerns, so she feels she's had a hearing. Secondly, he needs to assume the responsibility he's failed to assume. Honey, I'll take this thing. I haven't been doing it. I'd like to pick it up and work it out. Third, he needs to develop a track record of consistency, so she feels safe. On the other side of the coin. She needs to be willing to let it go, because if she won't let it go, she will hold it and he will never be able to be the leader. Now many families, the man cannot be the leader because the wife won't let go the carrying responsibility. And she feels hurt and feels distrustful, whatever. But at some point, the dynamic has got to change and it can't just change with one. Both have got to do this. The Bible says you you pick up a person and carry their burden for a while, but once they are going, then you actually they have got to carry their own burden, Galatians uh, 6.5. For it to work, there needs to be both moved towards the center. Otherwise, they both polarize. If you see your wife reacting to something in you, it's almost certainly you've gone out too far in that area. Listen to what she's saying and try to come back in so she stops reacting so much to it. It's like you've got to work the thing out. There's a dynamic balance in the spirit. Now, if we fail to fulfill our place, demonic powers are authorized to come into that area and create havoc. Many families are in trouble because... Demon powers operate in the family because the man does not assume his responsibility. Whatever God has given for you to do, take it in your heart and assume it fully. Begin to plan how you work the thing out and expect God to help you in doing it. Talk it over so that there's a change takes place. In our family life, married life, things have changed, sometimes very dramatically, like with the money. (laughs) Yours. Fine. Now, when I took it up, I ran it differently to Joy and That's okay, she had to be willing to let me do it differently It got done, and she feels safe There are other areas I had to pick up too I didn't realize just how passive I was and the need of picking things up Now, for the woman's sake, you are praying for your husband you are not taken up responsibility it will end up in conflict and confrontation unless you can actually let go that sense of responsibility to him Many times what happens is as soon as you let go, trying to carry it, and just let it go, supernaturally, the weight of it will fall on him, if you'll let it. Because you think, well, oh, what if nothing else, what if it gets a mess? Well, maybe it'll get a bit of a mess for a while, but the weight will start to sit on him. But as soon as you pick it up again, it transfers, and he becomes more irresponsible. So always, you've actually got to be willing, if it's not your thing, find a way in God to let the thing go. There's a sense of weight of responsibility. And if you need to carry it for a little while, because he's in the growth path, do it with joy rather than feeling a burden in it if you see your man starting to respond to God don't suddenly download or dump on him encourage every step he makes to rise up and become responsible stand behind him and maybe you're holding on to things for him but that's right. let it be as he rises up encourage him to go forward and do that it will help you Amen? Father I just thank you for bringing divine order into lives. I thank you for helping us men and women, to take up responsibilities, God, that you've entrusted to us. Father, I'm praying for divine order to take place in families, marriages, and this church. I pray for every man that's here today that a spirit of encouragement and faith would come and that where men have, have struggled in these areas, that God, you would cause them to stand up and shoulder weight and responsibility to protect the family, to bless and to, to cultivate and to protect what you have entrusted us. Father, I pray for every wife who's carried burdens, every single parent, every widow that's here that's carried burdens. You'd help them let go of those things in their heart to you and get free of resentment and anger, and be able to, Lord, let the burden be carried, not have to be weighed themselves. Father, let Your Spirit come. Just while we finish, is there any person here that has never made the first step, which is to connect to Jesus Christ by faith and allow Him to be the leader of your life, to give you direction in your life? save you from the weight of sin, to lift you up and to give you a whole new beginning. If that's you today, why don't you raise your hand, someone become a Christian. I'd love to become a Christian today. I want to actually be the kind of man or woman God's called me to be, and I really know I need God. Is there anyone here today Say, that's me, I want to do that? Just raise your hand quickly now. I wonder just while we're here, I wonder as I've spoken today, how many women, I felt something rise up inside you because you've carried a tremendous weight of responsibility. You've felt it's been unfair and it's it's been like a crushing weight. Today you say, God, I want to let this thing go to you. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand? Women with are feeling that way, God bless many, many, many. You know, one of the best ways that single parents could be helped if men who carried responsibilities would reach out and extend grace and help them. There's no one man can do it, but several men can help fill that gap. I wonder if there's men here today, God's spoken to you about standing up and assuming responsibility. Would you just raise your hand and just be honest before God say, that's me. God's been speaking to me. God bless. Good on you, some guys. For those men who haven't felt touched and challenged, I encourage you to talk to the Lord and then to talk to your wife. Say, honey, you feel like you're carrying things that I need to be involved in or need to carry? Ask openly and honestly, and she'll tell you. If she knows and can trust that you won't get angry and react to it, she'll say, yes, I'm feeling burned about this. Could you lift the weight of it? What a great change will take place in your marriage if you just humble yourself and do that. Father, touch the men of this church, raise up mighty men in Jesus' name. One said, "Amen." God bless.